0: Today we're going to learn a Sicha from Lakuti Sikhas, so it's volume 19, and it's the fourth Sicha on this week's Parsha Re'eh. Before we begin, I want to just make a small, two introductions. This Sicha was said in 1977 on the Parsha Re'eh, and there's very interesting subject that the Rebbe speaks at this Fabringen which is the subject that somebody complained to him, why he talks subjects of Nigla of Torah on Shabbos, which is basically Nigla, the Torah, the reveal parts of the Torah. Isn't Shabbos supposed to be all about the inner, hidden, more deeper parts of the Torah? That's what you're supposed to focus on on Shabbos? And as we're going to see in today's Sicha, that he's actually going to teach us a whole subject of the revealed parts of the Torah and also teach us the Hasidic part of the Torah, insight to it. But since somebody complained to him why he even talks about anything of the revealed parts of the Torah. Because he says uh, a Hadron on the sections of the Talmud and the Chumash and Rashi and, and other subjects. And seemingly Shabbos is all about the more spiritual day. So before the Rebbe gets to answer this person, the question in the Fabrengen, he says it's ironic that the question should come from somebody who, he says it's quite obvious that this person doesn't learn Hasidus the entire Shabbos. He also takes time to talk about whatever outside of Torah thoughts. He says even to the point that this person reads the newspaper on Shabbos because he has to know what's going on in Washington, D.C., and he needs to know what's going on in Beirut, and it's true that he's embarrassed to do this in front of his kids and his grandchildren, so he locks himself in a room after he has a very restful nap on Shabbos, and he has a clear mind, and then he goes to, to read the newspapers. So now you're coming with a complaint why we learn this parts of the Torah. He says, actually, there's a contradiction because in the Kuntres Eitz Chaim, which is a booklet written by the Rebbe Rashab, the fifth Chabad Rebbe, over there he says that a person should spend their time on Shabbos, a, a the entire Shabbos, you should learn Chassidus. And on the other hand, in uh, in, in from the Rebbe Maharash, there's a from the fourth Chabad Rebbe, there's a. A, uh, a, a like a will, a testimony of his where he writes that you should divide up the time on Shabbos, two-thirds to learn Hasidus and one-third to learn the revealed parts of the Torah. So he says that's a good question that you could ask, that seemingly we need to rectify this, you know, figure out that they, how this is not a contradiction. But to say that you're not allowed to learn any revealed parts of the Torah, so... The ever basically goes through the subject that on Shabbos, of course, you're allowed to learn also nigla Torah. Even those opinions that say you should learn only Chassidus, only the deeper pinimir Satara, obviously they mean that you could also learn the regular regiment regiment uh, schedules that you have in learning those parts of the Torah. Um, he also brings down that uh, there's a there's an idea. That the Rebbe, the previous Rebbe, brings down from his he heard from his father that a person should study over a certain Hasidic discourses. You should study it over forty times or sixty times. And he told them, by the sixtieth time, you're going to learn, and you'll see that you could do it with the same enthusiasm that you have with the first time you learn something. And of course, when you learn something so many times, you start to really, really get it. And I think that this idea that he speaks in this same Fabringen where, where we're going to quote the sicha that we're going to learn, which is the edited version, it's interesting that this whole every sicha that you learn, we have to learn them several times because only after learning them a couple of times can you really, really digest and get you know get the the, the content of what the Rebbe is teaching us. So now let's move into the sicha itself. But for this we need to have another introduction. And this introduction is regarding the actual law that's in today's parsha. In today's parsha there's a law that a Jewish slave called an eved ivri. When a person is an eved ivri and he and he there could be two reasons how a Jew could become a slave. One reason is a person comes on hard times and doesn't have money to live. So what should you do? You can't find a job. Life is tough and miserable, and you just don't have money. So what you do is is you go to the marketplace. You sell yourself as a slave or a servant, and you work for somebody else. And the Torah tells us that when you work, when you when somebody that buys a Jewish slave, there's a whole set of laws. And on every seventh year, by the year before the shemitah, the sabbatical year, you have to. Let him free. You're not allowed to keep a Jewish slave more than that. If he wants to stay because he loves his accommodations and the setup that he has, there's a whole procedure what has to be done. So that's one one way. Another way of becoming a Jewish slave is if the Bethdin sold you as a slave, why would they do that? So if a poor Jew, for whatever reason, his evil inclination got the better of him and He stole money from other people and he has no way to pay back his money that he stole. So the Beth Din would take him, sell him as a slave and the money that he earns in his workship, that money gets paid instead of to him. It gets paid to the person who he stole the money from. That's the system. Now, this particular law, by the way, only applies... When we have in place the system called Yovel, Yovel is the jubilee year every fifty years. So that means every seven cycles. When you have the Shemitah every seven years, seven times seven forty nine. The fiftieth year is called Yovel. There's a special allowance and things that happen on that year. If the Jews have the, the courts, the rabbinical courts that establish when is the seventh year, when is the fiftieth year, we know what we're doing, then if it's in those circumstances, then there's a concept of Jewish slaves. If we don't have yeivel, this jubilee year system, then the whole idea of a Jewish slaves doesn't exist. The Rambam said, brings down, that about 150 years before the second temple was destroyed, there was no more yovel anymore. We didn't have the data, we didn't have the whereabouts for many different reasons. So there was no more yovel that took place. And therefore, the whole idea of Jewish slaves didn't take place anymore. Now, in today's Parsha, in addition to this, teaches us a law. And it says like this, this is called the law, a mitzvah called anaka. Anaka basically means the the Torah tells us. If you had a slave and he worked for you and you paid him and everything was good. When it comes to time for him to leave, you have to give him an extra compensation. You have to give this person, if you want to call it, um, some kind of severance fee. Whatever you want to call it, you have to give him a package to leave with. What are you going to do? You paid a, a slave as you went along. So he's basically leaving a poor man. So you have to, or a woman, poor woman. So you have to send them off with a package. What kind of package? You should send them away. The Torah tells us three categories. Mitzayincha, from your cattle. You should give him some of your cattle to go with. Migarnacha, you should give him some of your grains. umayikvecha, and some of your wine. Which Hashem, which Hashem blessed you. That's the blessing that you got. Remember, this guy helped you for your business to grow. So it's true you paid him all along. Now that he's leaving, be a bench and give him a package to leave with. And of course in the, the details of the Code of Jewish Law and the Rambam and so on, they'll go through how much of a package you have to give the person. Right Today, a lot of companies do uh, one month per year that you worked for a person. So, If you worked six years, you would give them six months of salary. But that, but the, the verse doesn't get into it. It just says, from your from your cattle, from your grains, and from your wine. that Hashem benched you. And of course, you have to remember, you were once a slave yourself in Egypt. And Hashem took you out. So Hashem is telling you, you know what it feels like to be a slave. So when you let out the slave, give him a package to go home with. That's called the mitzvah of ha'anaka. Ayin nun kufhez anaka, which is this severance package of compensation. Now we go into this, that's the introduction to this law. Now the sicha brings down like this. This mitzvah of this compensation that a master would give his servant when it comes the time and he goes free. So there's a book called, a Torah book called the Sefer HaChinuch. It was written he, by a Rishon. means one of the earliest sages called the Sefer HaChinuch. And he says a very interesting novelty, even though, as I mentioned before, that this law applies only for Jewish slaves and only in the time when Jewish slaves existed, which was, as I said, 150 years before the temple was destroyed. And if you don't have the Jubilee year system, you don't have either this concept of Jewish slaves. Nevertheless, says the Sefer HaChinuch, that even though we don't have Jewish slaves anymore, we nevertheless could learn and apply this mitzvah into nowadays. Therefore, he says, like this a wise person should listen. And in addition, when you take a Jew to work for you, just a worker, if you hire a Jew to work for you and he works for you for a period of time or even a small period of time, when he leaves your company, when he leaves you, he doesn't work for you anymore, you should send him away with a compensation package. May Asher Hashem Misbarah, with what Hashem. Blessed you with. So again, even though the law, the technical biblical level of the law, does not exist, nevertheless, he says we should apply this mitzvah in our days to not a slave but a worker. So again, that's what you call extending the law. You're like expounding it, not just regarding a slave to give a package, but every worker. Anybody that worked for you, that helped your business to grow, he works. Obviously, a person works for you. Then, when they leave, you should give them a package to leave with. Now, there's a book called the Minchas Chinuch. The Minchas Chinuch is a book that gives explanation to the Sefer HaChinuch. That's the way we work in in Torah learning, right? You have the father law rule, then you have a book that will come and explain that rule. Says the safer the Minchas Chinuch, that this idea to extend the law regarding a Jewish slave, to extend it also to a regular worker nowadays, why? Because that's called teaching good ethics to people. And therefore, when he leaves you, you should give him some, you know, a package. He says, it depends which view you study in the Talmud. (laughs) Now, let's just clarify ourselves a bit. We just said before that there are two kinds of slaves. There is a slave, a Jew that sold himself as a slave. Then there's a Jew who the courts sold you as a slave, right? remember that's a big difference. You sold yourself means you came on hard times and you just said, "I give up, I can't make any money anymore. I'm just going to be a a slave by somebody, and I'll just get whatever I get." or the other cases that means you're not a bad guy. you just you know low low confidence or whatever, but the other guy. The other circumstance is that you were sold by the courts because you stole money. Now Rashi actually says that this mitzvah that the Torah is talking about is a Jewish slave who the courts sold. You couldn't pay back uh, 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 something that you stole, the court sold you. That's the kind of person you have to give this extra package to. That's what the Torah is trying to tell you, a novelty. You may think that such a person He was sold by the courts. Who has to treat him nicely? Comes the Torah to tell you, no, 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 no. Such a person, go out of your way and pay him extra. We got to teach people, you know, how to go the extra mile. Says the Minchas Chinuch that when this commentary to Sefer HaChinuch says that this mitzvah should be extended to nowadays with regular workers that you should pay a compensation... He says that's only according to the opinion that says that the whole mitzvah of compensation is whether you hire a a slave that the court ordered or sold a person or also you would pay compensation to a person that sold themselves. And the Talmud says, there's one opinion that says that this law applies in all circumstances, all kinds of Jewish slaves. And there's another opinion in the Talmud that says, no, this mitzvah of giving a severance package is only to a person who the courts sold. And they learn it out from an a, a emphasis in a word of a verse in today's parasha, because it says, hanek Tanik loy you should give this extra compensation to him. What does it mean him? Only a person that went that the courts sold, that kind of person. Because when it says him, it means something very specific. So we're narrowing down, it's only the court's slave, not his personal thing. So he basically says, when do you apply this? when do you extend this law to also mean for a worker a worker is not a slave a worker is a regular person that got a job when do you extend this law only according to the opinion that says that severance pay gets paid to every kind of slave so therefore once you say it's every slave it means also a worker but the Minchas Chinuch himself says that I have difficulty here he says because the Rambam ruled that Hanukkah, severance pay, should be done only by a slave. In other words, the law applies only if the slave was sold through the courts. But the Chinuch said that you should also apply it to nowadays through a regular worker. It means that he holds, not like the Rambam, that it means everybody, in all circumstances of a person who was sold as a slave, whether you did it yourself or whether the court sold you. So it comes out, that whether you apply the law of severance pay to a regular worker or just by a slave, you could be in a contradiction with the Rambam. He says, but we know that the Chinuch, this Rishon, he never argues on the Rambam. And if he does, he specifies that in this area, I don't hold like the Rambam. So the fact that he doesn't specify that he doesn't hold like the Rambam here is very strange. Again, the Rambam says that the law of this severance pay goes only to a person who's sold by the court. And the Chinuch says that when do you say that it extends also to a regular worker nowadays, this law, even though the slave doesn't apply today, but it applies to regular workers, is only according to the opinion that says that the law of compensation is both, whether you're sold by the court or whether you're sold by yourself. That means he's in a contradiction with the Rambam. Does the Rambam hold that it applies nowadays also to regular workers that you have to give a compensation or not? So the Rebbe says, actually, if we think a little bit more, we could actually reconcile the two opinions. And they're not a contradiction to the Rambam. Why? He says the whole idea that you have to give a compensation only when the courts are the one that sold the slave and not if you sold yourself. He says that alone, you could learn it and analyze it in two ways. One thing you could say, one way to learn it is that when do you give compensation only to a slave that the best didn't sold him? And since this is a, the whole idea, the whole law of compensation is a novelty, why would you think you have to give the guy any package? The guy was a slave. He worked for you for six years. Now he went free. Zayim and Have a nice day. Why do I have to give you anything extra? So the Torah is telling you a whole novelty of a law of giving compensation to this guy. Give him a package. Come on. You were blessed from Hashem. Give him some of your cattle, some of your grain, some of your wine. Let him go like a mensch. But if that's a novelty. So you would think only when the Torah emphasizes novelty. That's it. Over there, it's a chiddush. it's a novelty. But I don't have to do it in other cases. The guy sold himself. He had to sell himself his maikhatsma. That's his problem. I have to also take away from my wine and my cattle, and my grain, and give it to this guy. We don't have to extend it that far. According to that, you will means that you could only apply it to the law where the Torah tells you this novelty if the court sold it, but you don't apply it if you sold yourself, and for sure not. In Nowadays, where you just became a worker for somebody. Not everybody's an entrepreneur who hires everybody. A lot of people, most people probably are workers for other people and companies. Number two, you could look at it a different way. You could say maybe the emphasis is that the law of compensation is its not about that it's only by if the courts sell. Maybe the emphasis is that it's not about you who sold yourself. Do you say the emphasis is on the positive, where the you know the 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 the, the, the uh, emphasis is on when you sold the court sold you, or maybe the emphasis is on not when you sold yourself? Because then you could say, okay, one second, maybe there's three scenarios where you should give compensation: the court sells you, you sell yourself, and nowadays for a regular worker. So if you say the emphasis is on the middle category, that the guy who sells himself, we don't give him compensation. So then maybe everywhere else you do give compensation. Court sells you, or you regular worker comes out that even according to the opinion that says that according to the opinion that says that if you don't give compensation to a person who sells themselves. We could say that no, that it, that if the best didn't sold you, or you're a worker over there, we do give you. And since the Chinuch, that's the book there, right? Is speaking not about a person who sold himself as a slave, which is not possible nowadays because you can't, there's no concept of Jewish slaves. But he's talking about nowadays of a worker, regular business relationship. He hired himself out to be a worker. So we can learn from the case where you sold by the courts that for the purpose of teaching good ethics, what we call Musar, teaching good ethics, you should give him a package when he leaves. Now this idea of whether the emphasis is only to give it where the court's sold you and nowhere else do you have to give packages or do you say, nah, only we're not going to give it to one place if you sold himself, but everywhere else, whether the court sell you, whether you are a worker, we do apply it. He says this idea, actually you could break it up into two logical ways of thinking. Let's give two ways of thinking of what's the whole purpose Of giving this package. Why do you give a severance pay package? Are you being nice? Or is it your duty to do it? In other words, is it a charity thing? Or is it a duty bound thing to give a guy a package? How do you view it? So one way how we could look at it is we could say. No, 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 no giving a person a severance package that is part of salary for example we see there's a law that says that if you're supposed to pay a person a salary if for some reason you can't pay him a salary let's say unfortunately the guy died does does an owner of a company not have to pay the guy anymore of course he has to pay him. Ah, he's not around anymore. Give it to his, hears, his ears. Give it to the people that inherit him. Give it to his children or, or the wife, whatever it is. According to this idea, that it's like a salary idea, then the verse is telling you, that not just do you have to give him a salary and pay him his, his, what you pay him. You have to also give him a package when he leaves. Don't think you just give him his whatever amount of money. Even when he leaves, give him a package. That's one way how to look at it. In other words, the package is connected to salary. The law is you have to give him a salary. You can't give it to him. You give it to his ears. Okay, you have to also give him, in addition to a salary, you have to give him some kind of package when he leaves. That's one way how to look at it. Another way to look at it is, is that it's about a tzedakah. The boss recognizes the work that he did for you. Therefore, intellectually, a normal person would come to the conclusion that the verse is telling you that a person who sold themselves, I'm not obligated to give him charity. That's a different kind of ish story here. But if the court sold him, okay, that's a big Rachmanis that he came to this kind of level. So there I have to give him a tzedakah. The question is, what does the Rambam say? What is the Rambam's opinion regarding the severance package? Is it connected to the salary I paid him so many years of salaries, so and I got to give him a package, or is it completely no obligation with salary? It's a charitable thing to do, tzedakah. The Rebbe says it's amazing, and it's actually amazing when you think about this idea that the Rebbe says the Rambam has fourteen volumes of Jewish law, but besides that, he also has a one volume that he lists out all the 613 commandments. He says, when the Rambam lists out the mitzvah of Ha'anaka, this compensation severance package, where does the Rambam put this law of paying your workers, the slaves, a severance package? He says he doesn't put it next to, on the list, the laws where it talks about slaves. The Rambam puts the law about severance package right next to the mitzvah of tzedakah. That's a pretty good indication that the Rambam holds that giving severance package is actually a tzedakah. It's a right thing to do. It's good mannerism. To pay a worker that works for you you should give him a tzedakah. So in other words, the Rambam himself doesn't tell you how he views what's the logic behind the severance package, but the fact that the Rambam puts this mitzvah in the order right next to the mitzvah tzedakah tells you that indicates that he said that he's connecting this with tzedakah. That means the Rambam holds that this mitzvah is a tzedakah. Now, according to this, we don't have to say like the Chinuch said that the Rambam is a contradiction to the Sefer to the Seferach No. When the Sefer Chino said, we're going to expand this law. Not just when there's a Jewish slave exists, but even nowadays with regular workers, when they leave, you should give them a compensation for workers. Nothing to do with slave, a regular worker. The Rambam would also hold, since he holds that it's a tzedakah, he would hold that even nowadays. When somebody leaves, you should give him tzedakah, give him a package to go with. Don't let him leave, you know, empty handed. Now, the Rebbe says, wow, well, from this, when we learn it like this, we actually have an amazing lesson. That he's coming to teach us here such a powerful lesson of the mitzvah of Anaka, of compensation, that he says this lesson is so important, it's appropriate that we should publicize this idea, that people should pay more attention to this. That what? That when a person hires another person to work for you and the terms finish for his job. How much more so if you send away a worker in the middle of the period. Now, if the worker leaves on his own before the Let's say you hired a guy for five years. If he leaves on his own after three years or whatever time, then there's no mitzvah to send him away with a severance package. What are you leaving in middle? i just hired you for five years or one year, whatever. Why are you leaving in middle? Just like the law would be with a regular slave. If a slave runs away, you don't have to give him a severance package. <laughs> That's of course not. But if the master or in nowadays an employer sends away his employee in middle of his term it could be that you send them away for two reasons it could either be because i have enough workers without him so i'm going to lay him off or it could be that i'm not happy with you're 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 not producing what i wanted you to produce what's the conclusion you have to give him a package to leave And since the severance package is a category of tzedakah, of charity, it's self-understood that you cannot fulfill your obligation by giving him something with something that I'm obligated to give him anyways, meaning his payment. That's obviously I have to give him his payment till the last day, whatever the arrangement is, right? Like, you know, we have a system in Canada now, right, that you have to give uh, two weeks notice. So of course you have to pay the person the salary till the last day. And if you made up anything else before you hired him, you would have to give them too. That also did. And it's not part of the package. It's like a charity thing. If I made up that you're going to work for me for five years, I'm going to pay you $100,000 a year. And if for some reason you leave in the middle... If I feel I don't need you, I'm going to give you an extra $10,000 bonus when you leave. That's not called anaka. That's part of a contract deal that you made. The anaka here is a charitable thing. After everything is said in the one you made up, if you send them away for whatever reason, I have enough workers or I'm not happy with what he's doing, you have to give him a tzedakah to a package. And it makes no difference how long a person worked for you. As a matter of fact, the chinor says whether you worked for a long period of time or a short period of time. And it makes no difference if I was happy with you. In other words, that my, my uh, business was blessed through you. Or if it wasn't blessed through you. I still have to give you a severance package according to the amount of time that you worked for me. That's what we see here. And how much more so, if my business was blessed because of you, then of course I should give you a a, a charity package according to my benefit that I got out of it, that Hashem benched me because of you. So this is all the simple layer of the laws according to regular Torah discussion meaning on the surface, the laws that are straight out. Says the Rebbe, like every part of Torah, there's also a spiritual component to this. There's a deeper part to this. There's a Hasidus insight here to this whole law of the severance package. Here he teaches us something amazing. He says that my father, the Rebbe's father, in his footnotes, to the tractate of Kiddushin, which is where the subject of the severance package is discussed there. Whether it's the, the, the Talmud explains the opinions that say that it's only if the best and sold it, or whether you also apply this law for person sold themselves over there. So, over there, the Rebbe's father was a big Kabbalist, and he used to write very, very short notes on things of the Talmud. And as the Rebbe says in the Fabrengen, at this Fabrengen, he adds, he says there that my father never adds the lesson, the takeaway lesson. Why doesn't the Rebbe's father add? He says because he assumes that we can figure it out ourselves. What did his father say on this whole subject of the Jewish slave? So he said like this. He said, a Jewish slave is the idea of, of small, narrow-minded. In, in uh, Kabbalistic language, it's called meichen dekatnus. Meichen means mind. Katnus is from the word katon, a minor. So it's like narrow-minded, right? Or, you know, minds that haven't developed fully. Therefore, such a kind of person, that's a small-minded kind of person. And he was—he ended up becoming a slave. So when he goes free from his work, you should give him a severance package. What does it mean, give him a severance package? In Hasidus, what does it mean, severance package? What that means is, you should hand him a bigger way of thinking. You should give him a greater, broader mind of thinking. And he says, for this reason says the Rebbe's father in his Kabbalistic short form of writing. That's why the verse says what kind of severance package should you give him? How many items does the verse list? Three things. It said from your cattle you should give him. From your grain and from your wine. Why three? Because intellectually, there's three categories of intellect. (laughs) Chachma, Bina, Das, and so on. Right? So what should a boss hand over to the slave? What does it mean? Let's get to the bottom. What the deeper meaning of slave means, that you are narrow-minded, a short-minded, small-minded kind of head. So, what should the boss give you? He should give you three categories of intellect. So, you should become a de Godlos, Godel, big. That's what the Rebbe's father says. Now, the Rebbe expounds on this to help us understand things and draw the lesson even stronger to us. The, uh, the lesson, what he calls the obvious lesson. But, you know, it's not always so obvious. But once you get it, it's obvious. He says, What's the whole idea of a master? and a servant, in spiritual content. It's a teacher, and a student. We think of it, in terms of master, and a guy who needs his house cleaned, his his, his garden cut, right? His uh, produce uh, harvest. In real language, real meaningful things of life, it's a teacher, and a student. How do I notice, that's a teacher and a student? That, a, that a master and a servant is like a teacher and a student, there Rebbe says, because there's another Gemara. The Gemara says that Rabbi yechanan said that whoever will learn with him and answer him some questions that he has on Torah, difficulties that he has, he says, I will carry your belongings, your clothes to the bathhouse. <laughs> That's what Rabbi yechanan is rewarding you. He says, I'm willing to carry your You know, your clothes. So you see that he's willing to be your worker. So we say a master and a worker. It's the same idea of a teacher and a student. This rabbi is telling his students, if you're going to help me to understand Torah better, any difficulty I have, you're going to answer me questions. In other words, you're going to be a great student. I will become your helper. says, he says like this, a teacher has to know that you have to give your students anaka. You have to give them severance package. Meaning, it's not enough to give your student a minimal amount of intellect. You have to learn with your student a lot. That your student should grow and when he leaves you, he should become a greater mind student. In more simple terms, says the Rebbe here. He calls it pascheter verter. In more simple words, this means that a teacher is obligated to give a student to understand the depth of halacha. Give a student to understand the reasons, the flavors behind stuff that a student should really get it. Even if it means that you have to repeat it many times to your student until he'll grasp the concept. That's, you remember I told you before for the Fabren, when the Rebbe mentioned that the previous Rebbe said that his father told him he should study a Mimer 40 times, 60 times, right? Here he doesn't bring it down in the in the edited version, but... You got a sneak peek, uh, uh, you know, of, of there. That you should learn with the student many times over something. That's the depth of the category, what it means that a student will be able to grasp something. That the teacher, for the teacher, it's considered to be small talk, small intellect, if my student doesn't grasp it. But the things that are higher than the, than the student's intellect... Those things for the teacher, they're bigger ideas. Maybe I, you may say to yourself, "I'm not obligated to give that to my te- to my student. My student, hey, he's not such a smart student. So am I obligated to tell him, to him a thousand times until he's going to grasp, you know, the subject so well?" Comes this mitzvah here. That's why you need to have the mitzvah. You could think that as a teacher. Why do I have to go so sugar? Okay, you understand things so minimal, I'll let it stay like that. You could think that you could satisfy yourself with that. Comes this mitzvah and tells you, no, you got to give him a package to leave with. Don't just pay him a salary. He's here, he paid his tuition and he's here. Give him much more to go with. That's an obligation from a teacher to a student. That as a tzedakah, as a charity package, a teacher needs to give himself, devote himself over. He has to to work hard with the student that eventually the student should be able to grasp it in the depth of the teacher, the way it is in the teacher's mind. And the end is, the student will be able to become on the level of the teacher. So too it is with young children and students in Yiddishkeit to Torah mitzvahs. Like the Rebbe said many many times elsewhere, he says, that we could be called a kid, a first grade student, if you never learned before, Taira. Right? If you never learned, well, what are you expecting? You you know everything. So you could be, it's not about age. It's stage. So one may think that since this other person is only a beginner, it's enough for me just to put in the efforts like a beginner. Tyre is telling you that since he's your student even if you only learned even if he only learned one word from you he should be calling you his master rabbi alufayumiydai those that's the, that's the words that King David said about his teacher Achitofel. you remember the story in the book of Samuel 2 where it says there that Achitofel... Which, is, which was his chief advisor. He was a real wicked man, but he was a big Torah scholar. And he tried to deceive David a number of times. He even eventually went and became a traitor to David and he joined Avshalom's whole army. And David said, that man taught me two things. I'm still going to forever call him my teacher. So even if you're the category of a teacher, that's what he's pointing at, her, that you only taught one thing even to, to, and you're called his teacher, you have to, once you're his teacher, you mean the meaning, you're like his boss in a way. The deeper meaning is not just a boss, you're actually the teacher. You have to give him a package. You have meaning, you have to, give him so much charitable information that's even called a charity, that you devote yourself so much that he should reach to your level of Yiddishkeit. And through this, that a Jew, which is ultimately the true thing of a Jew is that you're a servant to God for the six years of working. What does it mean six years of working? What does the Kabbalah tell us that corresponds to the 6,000 years that the world stands? We will merit Right away to the seventh year when you become free, meaning the days with Mashiach, then Hashem will give us not just your reward that you deserve for what you did in this world, which is only salary kind of, but I'll give you, Hashem is going to give us also the Anaka. He's going to give you also that extra package to go with, which is the unbelievable revelations that are going to come like a charitable thing. Because the charity has to be in non-comparison to the work that you put in. That's going to be in the in thousandth year when it's going to be a full year of Shabbos as it says, Yom Shakula Shabbos and it will be Menucha, it will be tranquil, Lachai Lamim forever. This is the way it's going to be. So this is the conclusion of this Sikha. So let's summarize the point. The point is first in a halachic discussion. That the idea of giving anukah, of giving a severance page, this is a subject that has to be also relevant to nowadays, even though we don't have Jewish slaves when there's no, no jubilee You have to still give severance package, even to a regular workers, not even called a slave. And then he discussed it, that the relevance of this to whether it's a bezin sold, you did it yourself, doesn't matter. You have to give it because it's a subject of charity. What's the lesson in the Hasidic language? It's called teaching a teacher to a student. Giving him from the three levels of intellect. Elevating the student from the small kind of mind. de Katnus, To elevate him to meichin de Which is the kind of intellect that the teacher masters. And this will flow over to the concept of the six years and the seventh year the slave is free, the 6,000th years and the seventh year where we're going to have this reward from Hashem.